Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about a couple of particular stock transactions. Now, while I don't pay close attention to the stock market, there are a few rare exceptions that are worth noting. One of them is Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway. Buffett and his partner, Charlie Munger, don't invest in the stock market. They buy companies that happen to trade their shares through the stock market if they're publicly traded companies. Now, Berkshire Hathaway just filed their 13F form with the SEC in the past quarter ended June 30th. In that form, they disclosed their holdings. And from that form, you can compare their current holdings with the previous period. It's an exercise in addition and subtraction to figure out what they did during the quarter. There are a few items that are noteworthy from that report. Berkshire Hathaway unloaded more than a quarter of its stake in Wells Fargo. They also sold 61% of their position in J.P. Morgan Chase. They dumped their entire stake in Goldman Sachs and sold their stake in PNC Financial. Finally, they exited their holdings in the airline industry, including American Airlines, Delta, United, and Southwest. It marks a rare moment when Berkshire Hathaway has lost money on an investment. So that's what Berkshire Hathaway is getting out of. What's interesting as well is what Berkshire Hathaway has been buying over the past 90 days. They spent $563 million on a position in Barrick Gold. And while that position is only a small minority stake in the company, there's a few things significant about this. Number one, when you buy a gold mining company, you're really buying gold at a discount. At least you hope you are. The process of mining gold only makes sense if the cost of getting the gold out of the ground is substantially less than the cost of buying gold on the open market. Now, the recent run-up in gold prices makes this an even better buy. Secondly, the disclosure is only reporting the purchases up to June 30th. Another six weeks have passed, and it's likely that they've increased their ownership position since then. Barrick's a well-managed company. They don't take a ton of risk when it comes to exploration. They take a disciplined approach to mining. So Buffett has decided that the airlines are going to take too long to bounce back for him to realistically invest in them. More surprising is that the banks and financial services represent a sizable downside risk as we go through this economic cycle. Gold is a good buy, but when you buy anything, the idea is to know what it's worth when you're buying it. For example, I can value an apartment building based on its rents, its expenses, and market cap rates. The analysis is never perfect, but I can project future cash flows and market-based asset prices and derive an appropriate value for what that asset would be worth. Gold does not intrinsically generate cash flow like a business or a rental property, so that analysis doesn't work. People often try to predict the price of gold by examining certain financial benchmarks. For example, theory, there's some loose relationships between the gold price and the money supply. These relationships are far from perfect. There's another theory that gold prices increase because the dollar's weak, but that relationship is also far from perfect. Finally, there's a theory that the gold price is correlated with real interest rates. That is, the rate of interest after adjusting for inflation. Well, this relationship, too, is also far from perfect. For example, real interest rates in 2011 and 2012 were, were negative, yet gold price was falling after it peaked in 2011. Real interest rates in 2017 were rising, but gold was also rising at that time. So that theory is also not perfect. The bottom line is that there's no magic formula to tell us what the gold price should be. Dollar weakness, real interest rates, the money supply, they're all indicators, but they're not predictors. Over long periods of time, as central bankers print money and create inflation, gold tends to go up. After all, gold has a several thousand year track record of holding its value against inflation. 
In the short term, the biggest driver of gold prices ironically seems to be emotion, specifically negative emotions like fear and mistrust. Few people buy gold because they're happy. Unless, of course, you buy your wife a piece of jewelry. And jewelry accounts for 47% of gold consumption. Some forward-thinking central bankers and investors buy gold when it's cheap because they understand its value and potential. But for the most part, the price rises when people lose confidence in the financial system, in their government, in the central bankers, or in each other. And that's what we're seeing right now. We think of Berkshire Hathaway as being among the world's most disciplined investors. They make decisions based on clear-headed thinking about the businesses they buy and the fundamental economic drivers that underpin those businesses. You need to look at Warren Buffett's moves in their entirety, not just the purchase of gold. He unloaded holdings in several banks and financial services, and he bought gold. Ignore Warren Buffett at your peril. Have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.